Hello everybody, welcome back once again to Command Point, and today Shane, we're going to be talking about the uh, the new Corsair Voidscard kill team from the Nachmund box, so let's get into it. Yeah, I gotta say, I am so excited for this team, specifically. Something about like Eldar Pirates just is cool to me, I, I don't know why. but they are, uh, <laughs> They're definitely really cool. <laughs> so uh, you start basically... Um, the kill team itself has access to their faction tag ops as well as recon and seek and destroy. Um, before I get into the models, all of the the whole team gets access to the Eldari Raiders ability, which basically means that they all get a free dash during the activation, which is an amazing ability. So basically, you get one Void Scarred Thalarch uh, um, operative, and that's your leader, uh, basically your Exarch type. Um, and then you get eight Corsair Voidscard operatives selected from the following list. So there's the basic warrior, uh, a gunner, a heavy gunner, a Starstorm duelist, a Kernite hunter, a shade runner, a Kernathi, a fate dealer, a wayseeker, and a soul weaver. Uh, so that right there, outside of the basic one, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine choices. So Presumably, one of these gets left out uh, on your team. Yeah. And it is worth noting that you cannot take a gunner and a heavy gunner in the same team. So there you go. The choice just became pretty easy. <laughs> um, whichever one you don't take of those two is going to be the one of the special operatives that will get left out. Unless, of course, one of these ends up being worse than just the basic warrior, which who knows. Um, so I guess... Should we start with... Oh, okay, we got the Psychic Powers on the next page, but we'll we'll run it back to that once yeah. we get to the Psyker. Um, past that, we've got the Strategic Plays, and do you want to start us with the first Strategic Play? Yes, so this is Plunderers. Select up to three friendly Corsair Voids card operatives. Each of those operatives can immediately perform a free dash action. Okay, are we doubling up on dash actions here <laughs> or what? My goodness. Uh, when doing so, if the mission you are playing has any objective markers that are not being carried by operatives, each selected operative must end their dash action closer to the nearest objective marker. So, so you just have to finish closer. Yeah. Like it could be 0.1 closer by yeah. the end of it all. Yeah. Huh. I think that's, gosh, this team is already so mobile, but this is this is very nice. There's a reason why you can only select three. Yeah, already there's a potential for a 15-inch move <laughs> at the start. Like right? the because sound of that. <laughs> kind of getting Pathfinder vibes from that. Mm -hmm. uh, so moving on to the next strategic play, this is called Rapid Strike. Uh, until the end of the turning point, each time a friendly uh, Corsair Void Scarred operative fights in combat in the roll attack dice step of that combat, if you are the attacker and the target is not ready, you can select one of your normal hits to be retained as a critical hit. So... This is something we should uh, clarify right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and the target is not ready. That means that if you're fighting a model that has already activated, because if they haven't activated yet, then they're considered to be ready. Basically, if you're fighting a model that's already gone, you can select one of your normal hits to be retained as a critical hit instead. I don't think we've seen a lot of things that inter interact this way. No, I think this is probably the first instance of that. So this is... Uh, better, presumably, against teams that you have more activations than. You're going to get more use out of it that way. Pretty interesting. Not sure how good it is off the, like, at a first glance. 
Alright, so the next one we have up here is Outcasts for 1 CP. Until the end of the turning point, each time a friendly Corsair Void Scarred operative fights in combat or makes a shooting attack in the roll attack dice step of that combat or shooting attack, if it is more than 6 inches from friendly operatives, if you retain any critical hits, you can select one of your failed hits to be retained as a successful normal hit. Okay, Ooh, so it's like DACA. Yeah. But, like, different. I mean, it's yeah. based on how far you are from your own friendly guys. Yeah, so this is rewarding you for kind of spreading out your kill team. Mm -hmm. with, with nine models, I think that's doable, especially because you have to consider that, like, you'll have a gunner, you'll have, like, a sniper, yep. and they'll be back, right? Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're already so mobile with this team, you're going to want to be spreading out those operatives all over the board anyway. So I think that's good. So the next up is Eldari Agility. So uh, until the end of the turning point for 1 CP, each time a friendly Corsair Void Scarred operative is activated, it can use its Eldari Agility. If it does so, it cannot fight or shoot during that activation, but when it dashes, falls back, or normal moves, it can move an additional one inch. So, interesting. Um, you could be moving seven inches, dashing four inches for free, and then doing like a mission action. Uh, yeah. Basically, just move move very fast, <laughs> and you don't have to do it either. Yeah, void scarred, go fast. Um, pretty straightforward. And then we have the tactical plays. So uh, first, we have opportunistic fighters. Uh, use this tactical play when an enemy operative performs a fallback action. Before it moves, that enemy operative suffers D3 mortal, wound for, mortal wounds for each friendly Corsair Void Scarred operative with an engagement range of it. I don't know how often you'll be falling, you'll be seeing enemies fall back from your models. I suppose it's a thing that can happen. Uh, and the fact that it's for each operative with an engagement range, I mean, eventually somebody's going to play a thing where they take like 2D3 <laughs> mortal wounds for yeah. falling back. So that's decent. Next up here, we have Light Fingers. Uh, use this tactical ploy during a friendly uh, Void Scarred operative's activation. Until the end of that activation, that operative can perform for free either one mission action or the pickup action, even if it is within engagement range of an enemy operative. I think that's huge. Yeah, I like yeah, that. This I mean, is really it's, good. Yeah, like instead of having to, like, like with Wormblade, you spend a CP so that your whole team for that turn can do like mission actions for one less or pick up for one less. Uh, this just lets you do it. Wow. Actually, this is really good. Yeah. This because is insane. <laughs> because obviously it's a tactical play, but it only happens to one guy, but it's not, you do a mission action for one less. You just do it for free. So even yeah. if it's a two APL mission action with light fingers, you just do it for free. Yeah. That's crazy strong. Wow. That's good. Cause I know they can take recon. So there's definitely, like, you can move dash up onto a vantage point and do vantage for free. Yeah, and you're getting wow. that free dash already. Yeah, that's really good. So, like, you can move dash, mission action for free, and then shoot something. <laughs> do a two APL mission action. I, wow. love, I love this team. This team is <clears throat> so good. So next up, uh, there is Deadly Ambush. All these tactics are 1 CP, so I'm not, I don't want to keep saying 1 CP. Um, so Deadly Ambush. Use this tactical ploy after an enemy operative finishes an action in which it moved. Select one friendly Corsair Void Scarred operative that is not within engagement range of an enemy operative. That friendly operative can immediately perform a free charge action, but can only move up to three inches, 
and must finish that move within engagement range of that enemy operative. So like you can cut off any model that finishes a move within four inches of any of your guys because a three inch charge, then you got the extra inch for engagement range. Um, if you're like, if your opponent wants to move and then shoot something and they like, you really don't want that shot to happen. If they move within four inches of any of your models, you can just pop deadly ambush and charge them and just stop. So I really like that. Yeah. Oh, this uh, team has some great ploys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly we have one step ahead which honest to god it just feels like this whole team is one step ahead um use this tactical ploy at the end of the initiative phase of the first turning point you can redeploy up to two friendly corsair voids card they must be set up wholly within your deployment zone and you can change their order oh my Oof, god these, that's great. these ploys are so good so this is really good if you're defender yeah presumably if you're attacker there's not too much reason to do this unless you spot something that your opponent's doing after like their ploys. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really like that. I mean, this is the first time we've seen like a redeploy strat in this yeah. game, which those are really good in 40k. Yeah, I play ultramarines in 40k, and they have a two CP stratagem that allows you to redeploy uh, three units. But yeah, so I'm a I'm a big fan of the redeploy. Um, this team just looking at its ploys. It's so reactive. Oh yeah, it's I so like reactive, and that's such a big advantage in this game. Right. I'm a huge fan of that playstyle. So uh, there's the ploys. This team just fantastic ploys, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, which actually, you know, that could be a problem if you have too many good ploys. Because what are you going to spend all your CP on, right? That is, that is true. That is true. Um, I mean, there are other teams that are just going to be like crying in the corner looking at this. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I guess let's look at the models, starting with the basic Void Scarred Warrior. Uh, so the chassis is three circle movement, two APL, four up save, and eight wounds. So decent model, decent chassis. Um, a little bit fragile, but yeah. Uh, and you can arm this guy with either a shuriken pistol and power weapon, okay, All right. or a shuriken <laughs> rifle and fist. So right off the bat, the basic guy on this team has more melee capabilities than almost the entire craft world compendium team. Um, so I guess let's take a look. Uh, power weapons, we know what those are. The shuriken pistol, we know what that does. But they can also take a shuriken rifle and fists alternatively. So the shuriken rifle is a bolt gun uh, with rending, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and they have the unique action, take aim for one APL. So you can... Until the end of the turning point, you spend an APL. Uh, until the end of the, or not until the end of the turning point, but until the end of this operative's activation, the shuriken rifle that this operative is equipped with gains the balanced special rule. Um, and it can't do this if it's within three inches of an enemy operative. So considering you get a free dash, you could like dash, take aim, and then shoot your rifle. And then you've got a pretty good uh, range profile right there. So I, I like that. Um, I like the flexibility of, of being able to do that, I think. And then do you want to take the gunner? Yeah, so the gunner can take either a blaster or a shredder or the shuriken pistol that we just talked about. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's basically it. Uh, the blaster obviously is so, so, so good. good. So good. Four <laughs> attacks, hitting on threes, damage five, six with AP two. Um, if you are, you're playing kill team, you want to take weapons on models that have AP. And, uh, man, yeah, just a good model. Yeah. Nothing fancy. Uh, I mean, the, the Shredder is good because it has Blast, but 
I think most of the time you'd still rather have the blaster. Like you want to be right. able to eliminate key targets. This weapon feels like it had sh- like it should have six inch range, but it just doesn't. Yeah, it's um, an it's a unlimited range melta gun. Yes, uh, without the mortal wounds, but who cares? Who cares? Uh, yeah. So, uh, keeping in mind that you have to choose between a gunner and a heavy gunner, uh, I'll take a look at the heavy gunner right now. So, uh, same chassis, but the options are the Shuriken Cannon which is five shots on threes, four or five, with fusillade, heavy, and unwieldy, and rending. Or uh, uh, the Wraith Cannon, which uh, is four shots on threes, damage six, three, AP two, heavy, unwieldy, mortal wounds, four. Wolf. Um, so obviously you look at these and you say, you, it's an APL2 model, you see unwieldy, and you think, okay, never going to use that. But with the Eldari Raiders ability, you get a free dash. So this actually ends up working the same exact way as any heavy weapon would for an APL2 model. Um, just like with fringe cases where like if you get stunned, it technically won't work. The thing about it is like the Wraith Cannon looks great. Um, I don't know if it's much better than the Blaster, though, to justify not having, you know, six inch movement. Yeah. Like the Blaster can go nine inches and shoot. Yeah, the Wraith Cannon or the Shuriken Cannon, for that matter, can go three inches and shoot. And like, yeah, the Wraith Cannon's stronger, but it's only one. It's got the Mortal Wound for it, which is great. But is it that much stronger? It's only it's six seven effectively, whereas the Blaster is five six, and they both have AP two. Yeah, me personally, I'm going with the the regular gunner with a blaster every time over the Wraith Cannon Heavy Gunner. Um, this mm-hmm. team, it wants to move fast. If you're telling me that I can I can either take a model that moves fast and can one-shot like basically most things in the game versus a model that can only move three inches and can like easily be played around, I'm going to go with the mobile one every time. Like it, it, it seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got just an absolutely amazing vantage point that just sees all in your yeah. drop zone, then, yeah, I would go with the blaster. I mean, you could put them, like, basically in a Overwatch position, not to, like, confuse people, but just, like, looking at, like, a center objective or something. Yeah. Like, and then just have them, like, sit there the whole game and then dare your opponent to come out. But it's, like, why Why Maybe bother? against, like, elite teams. Yes. Which, Oh, coincidentally yeah. enough. Yeah, there's uh, there's another elite team in the box. In this, of this it's team, in the same so. box. Yeah, hey, look at that. So yeah, I agree. Though most of the time you got the blaster. Um, let's move on to the Void Scarred Starstorm Duelist. So this guy, he's the double pistol guy. He's got a fusion pistol and a shuriken pistol, um, and then fists. So he's got the quick and the trigger ability. This basically means that he can do the pistol barrage and shoot actions, which we'll talk about that. He can do that within engagement range of an enemy operative. Ooh, nice. Um, so, but you have to select the guy that you're in engagement range with. So, pistol barrage is a one AP ability. So, you make a shooting attack with the fusion pistol and make a shooting attack with the shuriken pistol in any order, and it's treated as a shoot action. Presumably, I read this as you can do two different targets with each one of the shooting attacks because they're they're two different shooting attacks. Maybe not, though, because it is one shoot action. I, I have no idea. Uh, at, at the moment, I'd have to look uh, at some of the, the core rules again. But uh, you can't do it if you have a concealer. But 
the fact that it's one AP, I mean, you'll always do this instead of shooting, I think. And you can move dash for free. So you have a nine inch threat range plus the, the range of each of these pistols. And you can do it in melee. So you could like charge and shoot too. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Um, so really good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine charging two guys and then doing pistol barrage and shooting them both like consecutively. Super cool. Next right. up. I want to take that, that bird guy. Yeah, the bird man. The uh, Kernite Hunter. So just he's just kind of your basic guy. Uh, except he has the uh, he has a bird. I'm not gonna try and pronounce the the species Falchu? of bird. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> select one enemy operative of a conceal order that is visible to this operative and roll one d6, adding one to the result for each of the following. The enemy operative is within six inches of this operative. That enemy operative is not ready. That enemy operative is not within an inch of heavy cover. On a six up until the end of the turning point, friendly Corsair Void Scarred operatives treat that enemy operative as if it has an engage order. This operative cannot perform this action if it is within engagement range of an enemy operative. Hmm. So it's like the spotter. Yeah. But way worse. Yes. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, you're not going to be getting all three of those buffs. I'd say most of the time, you're not going to be getting all three of those buffs. Mm-hmm. You can. Probably get the not ready one if you wait a little bit. But then it's like, you know, sometimes the spotter wants to do their thing right at the top of the round. So, and then if they're within heavy cover, within an inch of heavy cover, I mean, that's another thing to worry about. Like, that's out of your control, really. Yeah. And then within six inches, I mean, this guy doesn't, how close does he want to be? I guess he does have a power weapon. Does this bird, like, not have wings? Like... (laughs) It it's a, it's very limited with what it can do and it almost like looking at it it gives me pause as to it's like do I just want to take one of the normal void scarred and with like a with a rifle over this Maybe. guy like something to think about um definitely so, uh, a cool looking yeah. model though and then we've got the void scarred shade runner who's got like he's the coolest looking guy for me i love the way this guy looks mm-hmm. he's got like the cloak and stuff and he's got daggers so he comes uh fresh with a shuriken pistol throwing blades which are four shots on threes damage two four range six and silent uh and hakatari blades which are a melee weapon uh, four attacks on threes damage three five lethal five relentless um, and he's got the unique action slicing attack for one AP. So basically you perform a free normal move with this operative. Uh, you select one enemy operative, this operative moved within engagement range of during that move, you roll one attack dice as if you're fighting in combat and it can be re-rolled as a result of the relentless special rule. And if the result is, a, is a successful hit, you can immediately strike. So you can like hit and run a guy. I don't know why you wouldn't just charge i mean i guess you can do this from farther away yeah it seems to me it's like you can in like a niche instance you can get like a bit of chip damage off and then like follow up with another model but uh and it's like the melee profile is not great i mean it's lethal five relentless yeah but three five is not like blowing anybody's mind i don't think Mm -hmm. Uh, presumably you're allowed to move in an engagement range with the slicing attack move 
Um, although I'm sure somebody out there will argue that you can't, but that's clearly the point. Not sure how strong that is. <laughs> so next we've got the Kurnathi. Do you want to take that one? Yeah, so the Kurnathi is armed with a shuriken pistol and dual, as in two, power weapons. So Ooh. four attacks, hitting on threes, damage four, six, with lethal five and relentless. Um, they have an ability called Bladed Stance. Each time this operative fights in combat in the resolve successful hit steps of that combat, you can resolve one successful hit before the attacker. If you do so, that successful hit must be used to parry. Okay. So it's like it's like the duelist, like locust kind of. Yeah. Um it's it's a relentless power weapon. That's really good. Really good. So this guy he's just a melee beast. Yeah, that's his thing. That's his whole thing, and I like that. Uh, this is a really good model. Mm -hmm. I know what I want to do with this model. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, we have the Void Scarred Fate Dealer, uh, and this is the Sniper guy, of which most bespoke teams seem to have one. Uh, so he gets the Ranger Long Rifle, which is like the Ranger gun from the Compendium, but better because it's Mortal Wound three. Uh, four shots on twos, three three heavy silent Mortal Wound three. And he's got pistol and fists. Um, so he has a camo cloak, which means if it's in cover, when it's getting shot at, you can retain an additional dice for cover. That's really good. Um, and he has the take aim ability that uh, works for his ranger long rifle. So he gets balanced. Um, uh, with the free dash, you could still dash for free, use take aim, and then shoot the ranger long rifle you'll always basically have take aim on it because of that mm -hmm. unless you're like stunned or something um but yeah this is an extremely strong model he's just gonna sit and cover and ruin your whole day uh one model at a time and we have seen these snipers are are very good so definitely gonna gonna be an auto take and outside of that we've got the Wayseeker, which is the Psyker, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about him? Yeah. And I'll go to the Psyker powers once you're done. Sure, sure. So uh, the Wayseeker has a Witch Staff, which gives you four attacks, hitting on threes, damage three, five. Uh, it's a melee weapon. Uh, for the unique actions, uh, he, can, uh, he can cast Psychic powers. So Shane, over to you. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of like the how the Heretic Psyker can potentially do two powers. Um, and on a one or two on the second power, you just suffer mortal wounds. But on a three up, you can do it. So this guy has four psychic abilities, and I really, really like them. Uh, most psychers have three, which so I'm surprised this guy has four. I mean, I'm not. Um, He's an Eldari, so. Yeah. Um, but even like the Warp Coven Sorcerers only get three. Okay, so Lightning Strike. This is the first one. This is a ranged shooting attack. Uh, four shots on threes. Damage four, five with AP one. That's it. It's just real good. <laughs> um, I like that, obviously. Not much to not like about that shooting attack. Uh, and then there's the Warding Shield. So you select one friendly Corsair Void Scarred Operative visible to and within six inches of this operative until the end of the turning point. That operative has a three-up invulnerable save. A three-up invulnerable. So wow. good. You don't see that. That's the first time we've seen a three-up involvement in this edition. So, I think so, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, and then there's the Freezing Grasp uh, power. Select one enemy operative visible to this operative until the end of the turning point. Subtract 
circle from that enemy operative's movement characteristic, and it cannot perform the dash action. Uh, it's like a super slow, basically. You can only move four inches. You can't dash. If you're a slow model, you can only move two inches, and you can't dash, so good luck. Um, this is like the photon grenades that Tau have. I think it's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Except you don't have to roll for it. You just look at a guy and do it. Nice. Um, uh, warp fold. So this is the last power. Select one friendly, one other friendly Corsair Void Scarred operative visible to and within six inches of this operative. That friendly operative and this operative can uh, both drop. Well, they, they do both drop any objective markers that they're carrying. Uh, that friendly operative then swaps positions with this operative. Whoa. You remove them both from the kill zone and set them back up in their new positions. So this is cool. This is kind of like the uh, the Warp Coven portal, except yeah. this one, you're allowed to move after you do it. Whereas with the Warp Coven one, the guy that you swap with can't move later. Um, and on top of that, you've got a free dash that you get on top of it. So, oh, that's so good. You can like tell you can swap you can move up to a tower or a vantage point, swap places with a guy that's in cover, and then that guy can vantage because this team gets recon. Oh yeah. Um and on top of that, there's like, you know, you can use this to move like a sniper or a heavy weapon mm -hmm. that can't otherwise go very far. And now that heavy weapon is going like, you know, an extra six inches, potentially. Yeah. That's really good. I, man, this is my favorite Psyker in the game. Oh, yeah. Just looking at these powers. I love these powers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's the best Psyker in the game, but just these powers are so cool to me. Uh, so I guess that was the Wayseeker. Yep. And you want to hit the Soul Weaver? Sure. So the uh, Soul Weaver is just armed with a Shuriken Pistol and Power Weapon. Um, her unique actions are Soul Channel for 1 AP. Uh, select one Void Scarred Operative visible to and within six inches of her. Uh, add one to that operative's APL. This operative cannot perform this action if it is within engagement range of an enemy operative. So it just gives Coms. APL. Yeah, it's a comm specialist. It's really um, good. Uh, Soul Heal uh, is the other unique action it has. It's a psychic action. Uh, select one friendly Corsair operative visible to and within six inches of this operative. That operative regains D3 lost wounds. This operative, once again, cannot perform this action twice during its activation, but cannot perform this action if it is within engagement oh. range of an enemy it, operative. That's some weird word. It can perform it twice. Oh, it can. Okay. So that's can. pretty good. So it's like a medic. It doesn't have the medic ability, but it has mm. the heal. Yeah. You can medic or be a comms with this guy or both. Yeah. So... I really like that. And honestly, it's cool that the heal, unlike with the other medics, most other medics, their heal is within one inch. Mm -hmm. This guy can heal from six inches away. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. It's kind of like the Warp Coven heal, except weaker. But you can do it twice to like emulate the 2 APL, or the 2D3 yeah. uh, heal. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, we have the, the Philarch, the leader. Uh, so he's got nine wounds, obviously. That's the only um, major difference on the stat sheet. Uh, he can take a Neuro Disruptor or a Shuriken Pistol. So obviously, forget about the Shuriken Pistol. Take the Neuro. Uh, or he could take a Shuriken Rifle, and he gets a Power Weapon that hits on twos. 
So he has the coordinated strike ability. Uh, so what this basically is, is when you activate this guy, you can select one ready-friendly Corsair Voidscar operative, visible to and within three inches of him, and you can double activate. So that definitely is going to have its uses. Uh, stuff like this is uh, really powerful mm -hmm. if you're using it correctly. Uh, and then he gets the take aim ability if he does take that shuriken rifle. Uh, yeah, I'm really liking this team. Uh, you want to look at the equipment? Sure. Uh, I'll start from the top. We've got the Die Eternal Mantle for two equipment points. Um, the operative gains the following ability for the battle. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative, if the ranged weapon has the Torrent or Blast special rule, this operative is treated as having a save characteristic of three up for that shooting attack. Wow, that is so weird. Only if you're getting shot by Blast or Torrent, you get a three up save. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's not, a, like... Yeah, I mean, there's not enough models on the list that I'd be, like, particularly really scared of Blast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Weird. So, uh, Plasma Grenade? Yeah, we got a Plasma Nade. Um, people already know about the Plasma Nade. Good. Uh, but it costs three for them, whereas for oh, Craft well, Worlds it costs okay. two. Well, I mean, I mean, that's fair. This team is getting so much more. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sweating over that. Um, there's the Corsair Blade for one equipment point. Uh, it gives you a, a sword with three attacks, hitting on threes, damage three, four. Um, nothing special, but it's good for those models who don't have. Uh, it's actually really, it's priced really well at just one equipment point. Yeah. It's like if you have one equipment point left, just give it to whoever doesn't have one, and now that model is a is a pretty decent flex model. Yeah, you give it to your gunner, for yep. instance. Uh, you've got the ocular scanner, so this uh, can be selected only once. So it's two equipment points, and you can do the following action uh, during the battle. Uh, for one AP, you can do the ocular scan ability. So until the end of this operative's activation, the ranged weapons that is equipped with gain the no cover special rule. Interesting. That's good. You could probably give this to like the ranger guy, yep. the sniper perhaps. That yeah. would be uh, really strong. Uh, so next up we have the Runes of Protection for two equipment points. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative in the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack, if that shooting attack was made as a result of the manifest psychic power action, you can re-roll any or all of your defense dice. Oh. So every time you're playing against a Warp Coven, you're going to be taking that. Every time you yeah. play against another Corsair team, you will definitely be taking that. Every time you're going against the uh, the new uh, legionary kill team, you're going to be taking that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot better than like the the mantle to protect against blast. I would say. Yeah, and they're both priced the same. Uh, you can take them on whatever models you want as many times as you want. So that's good. That's a really good equipment piece. Uh, and next up, we've got Mist Field, which can be taken once for three equipment points, and it only goes on the leader. So they will gain the following ability if they take this. Uh, Mist Field, while a friendly Corsair Voidscard operative is within two inches of this operative, that operative has a five-up invulnerable save. Nice. For three points, I don't know. You know, because uh, you've already got a four-up save. A lot of the time against AP1, you might still want to use your four-up save instead of a five-up. I don't know. Um, the other thing with this is 
you have to be within a certain range of your of your Corsair leader. And with yeah. this team, you're going to want to be spread all over the board. So yeah. how practical is it really? Mm, it, it might be know. clutch, but it's not going to be something to build around and a strategy to have for an entire game, I don't think. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, next up, we have the Lodestar Helm for 2 EP. The way, only the Wayseeker can take this. Um, so this, Which is a Psyker, right? Yes. So um, okay. the second time this operative performs the manifest psychic power action in each of its activations, it does not suffer any mortal wounds as a result of rolling a 1 or 2. Uh, note this does not allow you to select a psychic power to be resolved. Okay, so you still fail, you just don't get hurt. Yeah. Because unlike with the Heretic, or the, the Legionary mm-hmm. Psyker, the Corsair Psyker can just innately do the Psychic Power ability twice. Uh, they just potentially... Like, they don't need to take equipment to do two Psychic Powers, but they still can hurt themselves if they fail on the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... And then the last one is the Pathfinder Cloak. This can only be taken once, and it can only go to the Sniper, the Fate Dealer. So basically, um, it just gives you like a perma conceal, um, regardless of any other rules, as long as you have a conceal order. Uh, vantage points don't take it away. So that's really good. That You're going to take that super good. a lot. <laughs> Probably every game, yeah. Yeah, this also means that like a, an enemy spotter can't take away the conceal because this yeah. says regardless of any other rules yep uh, like yeah i like that a lot um and i guess all that's left to look at is their faction tack ops uh looking at the three faction tack ops uh i guess let's take a look at the first one um so it's called flawless raid you can reveal this tack op in the target reveal step of any turning point after the second so third or fourth uh, if you had more victory points than your opponent at the start of the turning point, score one VP. <laughs> and if you achieve the first condition at the start of the subsequent turning... Okay, so you can really only do this turn three if you want to score two points on it. Yeah. But I guess, like, if you don't have more than... What? This is just win more. This, yeah, this is literally <laughs> win more. Um, there's no there's no strategy to this. You're just, if you're winning, here's some more points. Yes. Yeah. What? I uh, I feel like so like in all in in all seriousness, I think it's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so okay, here's what I can say about this: If you're taking this, do not take another tack op that only scores at the end of the game. Yes, score tack ops that you can score early, like vantage, like recon tack ops. A lot of the time, you can like rack them up in the first two rounds which is going to help you have a lead turn three, mm-hmm. which would then allow you to score more points and extend your lead. So, I mean, I guess that's how you approach it. There is some strategy to it, but man. All right. Uh, so the next one we have here is Soul Guard. Uh, reveal this tack up in the target reveal step of the first turning point. Each time a friendly Corsair Void, uh, void Scarred operative is incapacitated, before it is removed from the kill zone, place one of your Spirit Stone tokens underneath the operative as close as possible to the center of its base. The pickup action can be performed upon your spirit stone tokens by friendly Corsair Void Scarred operatives. Um, Operatives can carry any number of spirit stone tokens, and your spirit stone tokens 
can be picked up by friendly Corsair Voidscard operatives while within engagement range of an enemy operative. Uh, at the end of the battle, if no friendly operatives have been incapacitated, you score two VPs. I would certainly hope so. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, at the end of the battle, if friendly operatives are carrying at least half of your Spirit Stone tokens, you score one VP. And at the end of the battle, if your friendly operatives are carrying all of your Spirit Stone tokens, you score and you score one VP. Uh, I can say for sure, don't take this with the other one because it scores at the end of the game. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like that. I mean, the fact that you can dash for free makes any kind of mission action or pickup revol like type of thing easier. So I like that. And you've got the uh, silent, what is it called? Like silent fingers or something? Uh, it's like light fingers or something. <laughs> light I think. fingers. Yeah. So, I mean, that is really helpful with this. I, I like this. I think it's actually pretty decent. Uh, and then the last faction tack op is called Opportunists. Reveal this tack op in the target reveal step of the first turning point. Select three enemy operatives. Each time one of those enemy operatives is incapacitated, before it is removed from the kill zone, place one of your loot tokens underneath the operative as close as possible to the center of its base. The pickup action can be performed upon your loot tokens by friendly operatives. Operatives can carry any number of loot tokens. Uh, at the end of the battle, if friendly operatives are carrying one or more of your loot tokens, you score one VP. At the end of the battle, if friendly operatives are carrying three of your loot tokens, you score one VP. So again, this is end of the game, so don't use this with Flawless Raid. So basically, you kill three guys that you mark. Yeah. And then you pick up a thing that they drop. That's interesting. I don't know how, how good that is. Three I, guys. I, I feel like... Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, you're going to be marking your targets, but, like, I feel like with the movement that this team has, it's definitely doable against most factions. I don't know. I think out of these three, I think the taking recon and then just chaining that into Flawless Raid is the way to go. And like you said, if uh -huh. you're taking Flawless Raid, don't take either of these other two because it's end-of-game scoring. You want to have a lead yeah. and then just kind of snowball just for already winning the game. I mean, Soul Guard, I like Soul Guard more than Opportunists, I'll say that. Yeah. But yeah, Flawless Raid seems great. I guess they're... Yeah, I don't know. This is a... Uh, this is an interesting team. This, I really like the yeah. way that this, this team's like... I feel like this team has like a lot of flavor. I, I just like the way that they, they seem like they play at first glance. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, they definitely do have a ton of flavor. Um... Is it is it too much flavor? I feel like no such thing. No such <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely is no such thing as too much flavor. What I mean by that is like, okay, is this team just like too good? Like well, out of the gate, I don't. Well, when I say I don't too think so. good, they've like, only got nine activations. Yes, that's the one thing with them is they all have or their their nine activations. Most of them only have like two APL, correct? Most if yeah. not well, all they, of them effectively they kind of have three apl because the free dash yes but it's it's a bit more limiting than having three apl and it is worth noting that the models themselves die very easily i mean four up save eight wounds you can get invulns but they're specific to either auras or psychic powers i don't know i i really like this team though 
Yeah, um, I like them too. They are definitely am... super glass cannony, which is yeah. what Eldar should be. They should be able to hit hard, potentially just like one-shot things, and uh, be prone to dying, but be very fast-moving. So I want to play them. Me too. Yeah. I really want to play them. Well, that's about wraps it up for this video on the new Voidsguard kill team. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, let us know what you guys think of this kill team in the comments down below. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, if you're interested in uh, supporting the channel and want some more uh, exclusive and or early access to our kill team content, feel free to go ahead and check out our Patreon. Link to that in the description below. And as always, thank you very much to our supporters over on Patreon for keeping the channel going. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you all again in the next one. Thank you.